I don't I don't give the Ferentz as much of a shot there. Now now could it, what about a couple of years ago? What year would it have been during the lost decade? Depends. No, I, I know what you mean. No, I'm, I, I know what you mean. Because Jeff was not the coordinator on those really good superstar teams that he had prior. Mike Griffith with us, AJC's Dog Nation. And Griff, I know they had the, mo- the uh, Senior Bowl down in Mobile on Saturday. Do you usually stay through the game or do you come back? Uh, I stayed through the game this year because Georgia had a couple of playmakers in there uh, with Kenny and um, – Chris Smith. It, it wasn't a real eventful game. There were a lot of field goals. I mean, it's kind of hard for these teams to put much of an offense together in three practices. So, uh, but, but I stuck around this year just for it was fun. It was a nice, beautiful day for football. So, I enjoyed that. Got to see a lot of people. A lot of catch up. A lot of friends from Alabama, including the Georgia kids. Did anybody in the SEC stand out? Anybody jump out at you? Not really. Um, no, I mean, it's it's pretty evenly matched. I mean, you, you know, you get these guys in these one-on-one situations in the drill work. You know, I think, um, <clears throat> I think you know, Kenny looked good carrying the ball. Uh, I thought the Tulane running back was, was explosive in the open field. Not really a running back. He can't pass protect to save his life. But the guy could catch passes and looked explosive. Uh, Kenny looked good all around, broke a 65-yard run into practice. Um, but not not really. I mean, there wasn't anybody that, you know, just – I think Ohio State, the, the guy, Dwan, I mean, Dwan Jones, big six foot eight, 360-pound guy, just massive. Um, just his size alone was kind of impressive. I don't know how well he moves, but I'm sure he'll get drafted, you know, in, the, in probably the first two or three rounds based on that size. But other than that, I mean, there was nothing that was, you know, really awe-inspiring I heard Darnell Wright. Didn't he look pretty good, the tackle from Tennessee, somebody said? Yeah, and the drill work, yeah, I mean, he did, you know, he did fine. Um, you know, again, it wasn't like, you know, last. it seemed like last year there were guys that, you know, Jermaine Johnson jumped out, Devontae Wyatt. I didn't right. see anybody that impressive uh, this year, personally. I, I wasn't watching a whole lot of the defensive line in full transparency, um, but I did hear that he, he did well. You know, most of those guys improved their stock just in the sense that the teams, you know, are around them and, and get to see how they interact, and they know these guys want to play. I mean, just being there, showing up for what, – what do they say? Showing up is, is half a life, right? Just showing up to the job interview, I think, um, is a good first step for a lot of these guys. Mike Griffith with us, AJC's Dog Nation. Question here on Twitter. Want your thoughts on – Tommy Reese and Kevin Steele as the coordinators at Alabama. Yeah, I mean, I think they're fine hires. I mean, it's going to come down to their team chemistry. Both those guys can coach. You know, Tommy Reese is a guy from the Brian Kelly camp, and obviously LSU took over the West last year. They beat Alabama. They won the SEC West division. They've got both their quarterbacks coming back. Brian Kelly looks to have some momentum going. Um, You know, Alabama is, you know, shaking, right? You replace both your coordinators. You lose your best offensive player in Bryce. You lose your best defensive player. Will, I know there's a lot of five stars floating around, but, you know, a lot has to shake out. It's a big off season at Alabama. I think Kevin Steele is is a really solid hire. I mean, he's a veteran coach. He's been there. He's done it. He's won big games. Um, knows football back and forth. Uh, and then Tommy Reese, you know, like I said, he's, you know, kind of institutional knowledge from Brian Kelly. Um, I think I remember covering him. I think they played Michigan State in a – 2013 game in South Bend. There were like five fan and pass interference. Otherwise, Michigan State.
statement of gone undefeated and won the national title that was only lost that year. Um, but, but, you know, strikes me as a, as a impressive young coach and he'll have more to work with at Alabama than he did at Notre Dame. Oh, I, and I just thought of this because you were talking about when you went back and you were covering Sparty up there. Were you covering that little Giants fake uh, touchdown at the no, end of the game? No, that was after me. That was that, or No, that was right before I got up there. That was D'Antonio against Notre Dame. Right. Um, I got up there for the uh, 2012 gotcha. Le'Veon Bell season, and then uh, 2013 was the Rose Bowl. Mike Griffith with us. Okay. Now, I don't know if you said this. But Georgia Dog down on the Emerald Coast said you were on a radio station. And, again, you're on lots of radio stations, so I don't know which one it was. Said you said that Georgia Tech was the toughest game on Georgia's schedule. Yeah, well, I mean, it got taken out of context. I mean, it's a tough game because it's a trap game. It's between Tennessee and the SEC championship game. You know, to me, it's a tough game. You're playing a rival school on the road between Tennessee, which is probably going to decide the East, in the SEC title game. Oh, so you're talking about the you know, season coming tough up. doesn't necessarily translate to close, right? You, so, you weren't talking about this last season, then. I'm talking about next season. Okay. I, see, I didn't have the context of it. I didn't know. Yeah, so you're, well, you're talking that's what about, I mean. When, when, you know, that, that's, you know, part of why, like, you know, and I appreciate that you don't do that, but a lot of interviews you do, people – Sure. You know, take a piece out of it, and they don't put full context around it because, you know, they want a wild Twitter. And then, you know, before long, you know, and I don't need to give me examples of that, but there's plenty of people that do it. Um, sure. and, and that's one of the hazards of me doing a lot of media. You know, I do it because I, I like to share opinions, and people invite me on. And, and, uh, and yeah, I give my opinions. But, you know, unfortunately, you know, the people that do the tweets for the stations aren't necessarily the people hosting. They can be producers. They can be interns. They could be people who just don't know what the hell they're doing, and they take things out of context. Mike Griffith with us. Yeah, because if you look at the schedule, which we've discussed, Griff, there may not be a tough game for them <laughs> next year. I mean, maybe there's a Missouri that pops up that got tough this last year, but well, on I mean, paper it doesn't you know, here, look like Here's it. the question. Here's the question. Are we going to give South Carolina any respect? I mean, South Carolina beat Tennessee, and they beat ACC champion Clemson. And Tennessee beat ACC Clemson and Alabama last year. Are we, are we going to treat the Tennessee game like a team that beat the ACC champion in Alabama, or are we going to view it as, you know, uh, the old Tennessee, you know, Derek Dooley, Tennessee? You know, everybody, you know, South Carolina has Spencer Rattler coming back from a team that beat Clemson and Tennessee. Are we going to give South Carolina credence as a – you know, and oh, by the way, those teams from the West really aren't that good. You know, we talk all this smack about Texas A&M, but they were crap last year. That was a bad football team. I don't care how many five stars or how much you're paying Jimbo. A&M was a terrible football team last year. So why are we talking about them like they're something? They're nothing. What did Ole Miss do? They won their first seven eight, and then they lost, what, five out of six? So how great was Ole Miss when you got right? Arkansas, as much as I love Sam Pittman, and I do, they weren't exactly – premium hog material last year. So in South Carolina and Tennessee, we're awful doggone good. Um, you point out Missouri. I mean, Missouri played Georgia closer than anybody in the SEC did. So, you know, the old, you know, West is better, you know, to me, it's, you know, it's somewhat antiquated. You know, I mean, LSU was the West champs. Um, pretty sure Tennessee pounded them in Baton Rouge. So, so why are we talking up the West? Well, you know, if you look at the last 10 years, 
Bill, we don't care about the last 10 years. The last 10 years don't matter. What matters is now and who you have on your team now. You know, that's, that's what Alabama fans are having trouble keep, you know, keeping the grips with. Well, if you look what Saban's done, yeah, over the last 20 years, you know, since 2007, that's great. But last year they lost two games with a team that should have been in the playoffs. They did a really bad job coaching that team. They did a really bad job. There's no way they should have lost to LSU and Tennessee. But they were coached poorly. And that, don't get mad at me for, for calling the elephant out um, because that's just the truth. So is Alabama going to be better? I don't know. I like the hires. But, but don't, don't start telling me about three and four years. I don't care. I don't care about three and four years. Pittsburgh Steelers used to be a good NFL team. I don't care about what used to be. You've got to deal in the reality of now, Bill. Jeff, too, wants to know if Jeremy Pruitt or Jeremy Pruitt's thoughts on Kevin Steele getting hired at Tennessee. I don't know. I, I didn't ask him. I don't know. I haven't talked to Jeremy in a couple of weeks. I mean, he's, you know, trying to, you know, I think finish up some things with the NCAA at Tennessee, get on with his life, if, you know. And, um, I mean, he's been out two years. I don't know how long they want to hold the guy hostage. I mean, to me, it's crazy. I mean, you go into California and steal up to, what, five or $600 in merchandise and nobody does anything. But if you're a football coach that gives some mom money for a hip replacement, they're going to keep you out of the game for two years. <laughs> what, a, what a world. What a world we're in, Bill. Also wants to know if you think Alabama will bring him in as an analyst. I don't know. I have no. Again, I don't know. I mean, this is this stuff. You know, you know, my conversations with Jeremy were about football, and you know, I guess I would explain something and how it works in the media, just to kind of give you the behind the curtains look. You know, when you have the relationships, you know, like I had with Jeremy, it, it is you know, media guy to football coach, and and yeah, I, you know, I, I met his wife a couple of times uh, when I was covering him. She was on the field in 2017 after they won the national title, and I was uh, interviewing him, and she was next to him, and then I ran into her once in Knoxville at a function. But but it's not like you get cozy with these people, you know. You don't. I, I've never been to Jeremy's house. I never went to Butch Jones' house. I've never been to Kirby Smart's house. I don't know these people know these people. I know them from a professional standpoint. And when I have off-the-record conversations, it's, it's, it only goes so far. It goes into maybe their real thoughts on, on another coach or a perspective on a player, or what did you really think about the game kind of thing. But as far as Jeremy's you know, interpersonal dealings with, with his lawyer and the case with Tennessee – you know, I don't have any more knowledge than most people probably that you could get in a public records request. I've got a perspective. I know how he feels about it. I know he, he loves football and he likes helping kids and wants to coach. But beyond that, he, he really didn't have anything to say. I mean, he didn't – you know, it's, it's, it's just business. You know, I don't think people understand for Jeremy with Tennessee. and uh, It's a business transaction, all right? He went there. He did his best. It didn't work out. You know, there were violations. Um, there were people responsible, some that have been identified, others that, you know, haven't been publicly identified. He just wants to move on with his career. But I don't keep up with him on a daily basis and, and, and try to get involved because that's, not, you know, that's, that's none of my business. You know, he was on my podcast every week to talk about football and reflect on Kirby and Nick and, and the SEC, and he did a great – and he enjoyed it. And it was good for him, I think. And it was great for the Georgia fans who got to watch him every week. So, But all this other stuff, 
you know, I don't, I don't, I don't uh, dig into people's personal lives like that. Not, not for something like this. This was more of a, um, you know, just like you, Bill. I mean, you know, I've been doing radio with you eight years, but you know, it's not like I know what your your favorite lunch dish or your favorite dessert is. What Nathan is it, by the way? in Detroit? We got about a. What, what is your favorite dessert, by the way? Um, lemon pie with okay, graham cracker crust. Right. Yeah, yeah. got to have graham cra- cracker crust with it. Um, Nathan in Detroit says, can you ask Griff, and he's a big Michigan fan, I believe, but ask Griff who he thinks the front runner is a quarterback for Georgia. Well, it's Carson Beck. I mean, he's been there the longest. He was next man up this year if anything was going to happen. Um, Brock Vandegrift had a really good spring last spring. Um, now, if Todd Munkin leaves – and, and that's still a possibility. We don't know. He's had a couple of interviews at a couple of places. Um, you know, everything, you know, it's like throwing a deck of cards up in the air. You start all over again. The next guy comes in, and, and what is he going to want? Now, you know, Carson is probably the most NFL-ready guy. Kind of reminds me a lot of Eric Ainge back in the day. Um, you know, tall, strong arm, athletic. I wouldn't call him a runner, but he's very mobile. Um, so if you Tennessee fans that remember Eric's game, I think Carson reminds me of that. Um, but he's he's an NFL he's an NFL type, uh, you know. Vandegrift probably um, you know um, you know more of a he can really run. I mean, Vandegrift can can run and he can run over some folks. Um, he's got a good arm. Um, I haven't seen enough to know about uh, you know his game management. I know his leadership off the field is impeccable. I mean, this is a super quality guy. Uh, that's going to be coaching or running the company someday. Um, just one of those guys that, you know, uh, Boy Scout kind of guy, Eagle Scout kind of guy, just very, very, very impressive person. And, and same with Stockton. You know, Stockton to me is a, a bigger, better, stronger version of, of Stetson. Um, more developed coming in than Stetson was at this point in his career. Obviously, Stetson left a pretty accomplished guy. But, you know, Stockton's a little bigger, a little stronger. Um, you know, but runs makes plays off the run, um, heady player, um, and and probably a little bit more coached up than, than obviously than Stetson was when he entered with the walk-on. So they got three really capable guys. Griff, good stuff, man. See you next week. All right, appreciate it, Bill. Get some lemon pie. <laughs> Griff checks in on Tuesdays. Irritating questions are good. So when you send them to me, like Georgia Dog was trying to get that one all stirred up. I could just tell. Griff, did you say Georgia Tech is the toughest? I didn't know what it meant. I didn't know if he meant the game they just played this year or which was like early on kind of contested and then turned into a blowout, which it should be, or if it was the next season, the season coming up, 23. I didn't even know. It was the ref. What station is that in Georgia? I don't know. I don't know. Omni Nashville.